You're listening to Blue Yonder with your hosts, Jim Jones, Peter Streets, and introducing Aaron Hubbard. everybody, welcome to episode 71 of Blue Yonder. My name is Jim Jones. And I'm Aaron Hubbard. You can find us at baldmove.com. Uh, this week we're going to be talking about gaming, a little bit of TV, a little bit of Kickstarter. Uh, and Aaron's going to pitch a crazy idea. I don't know what he has up his sleeve, but it should be interesting. I'm not even wearing sleeves today. No? I'm sleeveless. He's sleeveless. I have hairy armpits they're, up they're, these sleeves. They're cutoffs too, which... I, <laughs> <laughs> why you got to cut them off? And why you got to cut them so low down your side? I, That's what I don't get. I want, it looks really redneck. Everyone knows the best part of the boob is side boob. <laughs> so when I put my hands up, I want everyone to see the side boob. Sure, sure. It's very, I, very beautiful. Now, why do you cut the midriffs off? That's what I want to know. Well, everybody knows that the best part of flab is frontal flab. <laughs> so <laughs> I want to put on that full display sure, of my not? plumage. Basically, you're wearing like a string bikini at this point. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm cutting it down as we speak. I'm whittling it into a man garment. <laughs> into the cast, I'm in trouble. <laughs> Before we do that, we want to do a, a couple announcements. You may have noticed on the site that we released a new podcast called Breaking Good. Uh, it's all about AMC's TV series Breaking Bad. Ha! I see what you did there. Yeah, it's clever. I clever. get it now. <laughs> um, but we really, we really love this show. Obviously, we've talked about it probably a hundred times on Blue Yonder before. Mm-hmm. Uh, big fans of TV, and this is one of the better shows out there. So we decided to do a podcast on it. Um, yeah, so check that out. We're going to be blogging. Uh, we've got a Facebook page for it. It's facebook.com slash search we're, for breaking yeah good. we're back to since we don't have enough audience yeah. yet we can't get a real awesome name right like, facebook.com slash we just need good. 25 of you to sign up and we can get slash breaking yes. good even if so. you don't intend to listen to the cast just like us and sure. then you can unlike us as soon as we get to 25 <laughs> um and we also have twitter account at break good mm-hmm. uh we couldn't actually get breaking good some nah, some bitch has it yo bitch get off yo, our name bitch yo it's our territory but uh, that's that's breaking good. You'll listen to it. Um, In fact, the whole Bald Move Network is like just burgeoning. I mean, we've got Power Play. I believe it's burgeoning. Burgeoning? Yeah. If you're making burgeoning. burgers over there, it's, our whole network is burgering. It's burgering. Fur burgering. <laughs> Burger time. <Yeah. laughs> um, We're dropping pickles on onto <laughs> onions. As long, what? That game was ridiculous. I love that game, Burger man. time? Oh, yeah. My mom was a huge fan of Burger Time. She would be. <laughs> <laughs> Every yeah. night she'd say it's burger time. <laughs> I don't like it. Do not like. Do not want. Um, oh god. Okay, what were we talking about? We got power play. Uh, we got the amazingly me. pulp show. If you like comic Dude. books, if you like pop culture, if you like movies and music, it's it's like a better cast than ours. We got yeah, Blue all, all the shows on our network are better than this. So yeah. go listen. To we're them. the flagship, and we're leading from behind. Yeah, <laughs> we're pushing everyone forward from the back. Yeah, from the back. Yeah. Um. So. Um, how was your weekend, man? What have you been doing? We we haven't actually casted Whoa. in two weeks because we had the Ian Samuel interview. That's right. We did the interview last week. Um, man, my my weekend was good. We it was a Fourth of July weekend, big holiday weekend. Happy birthday, America! Yeah, you're ninety years old, right? 
I got him a really nice present on April 15th. Did you? Yeah, it was nice. The 15th, huh? Uh-huh. Why? Tax day. Tax day. <laughs> yeah. I was there. I was, <laughs> nice fat check. Yeah, I always like to get that present out of the way really early. But, sure, you know, sure, I sure. think I think America could, could you know, they, they like green. Green's a good color. Yeah. It's their favorite yeah. color. Uh, I don't know. I, I We went to a concert this weekend. Went to Florence and the Machine concert. What'd you think of that? Phenomenal. It really uh, what was. Can I, say? I mean, it, the only problem I had was that it was outdoors. I, I feel like she's better served indoors because oh, her light show, um, her videos yeah. are basically light shows, right? Like she uses a lot of different colors, how. a lot of different contrast in her lighting. Um, same in her music. Her sound is very contrasting. Listeners, I just want to tell you something. If you want to have a good time one night and you're really drunk or otherwise in a altered state of mind... Florence and the Machines videos can oh, alter yeah. your life. Cue mm-hmm. those up on YouTube in a dark room and watch those. Cosmic and, love. Oh, oh. You, you will, it will it will devastate you with uh, awesomeness and life. Yeah, uh, yeah. Sure, I, whatever. What are you talking about? I don't man? know. I don't know. Awesomeness and life. Yeah. Does that make any sense in any yeah. planet? It annihilates any you in life. Um, <laughs> I thought the show was pretty good. I was, I, I guess in retrospect, I don't know what I was thinking, but I thought it would be longer. It felt like, well, she's only got one album. I right? know, I but mean, it felt like it was, but she played like two or three songs from a new one. Yeah. And I thought that, I don't know. It just felt like the concert lasted 15 minutes. I know it was like an hour and a half, mm-hmm. Yeah, but it, it just, long. it just went, uh, it just went pretty quick. Well, they had, they only had one opening band, so. Mm. I don't know. Listeners don't care about the opening band. No. But it no. was a lot of fun. Florence and Machine. It was a lot everybody. of fun. Um, and then after that, I can, like, get it at the right angle and look up into the sky out my apartment window mm-hmm. see some fireworks on the 4th. Oh, we saw all those, too. They were going. They, they started a Sky concert. Uh, that's, mm. the, that's the big Indianapolis downtown event. Yeah. Um, as we Did were you driving see the finale home. of that? Man? Yes. It was oh. amazing, too. William Tell's uh, 1812 <laughs> Overture. Or, yeah. Overture. Yep. Yeah, it was it was pretty insane, intense. Because we were from the backside of the Regions Building, which is where they launched the fireworks. And I oh. swear to God, it looked like that place was just blowing up. <laughs> I mean, from the angle we were at and everything, yeah. it's like yeah. So got to see it behind the stage. Nice. Pretty they cool. blow like a few million dollars. Every uh, it's year on insane. That. It it's really crazy. is. And I what was really cool I found because Indiana when we were growing up. There's a Penny Arcade uh, comic on Monday about how they reminisced about how awesome July 4th used to be. My 4th of July mm. used to suck because I grew up in an era when fireworks that left the ground were illegal in Indiana. Yeah. So we were left with sparklers and little ground flowers. Black cats and, and, and little... And, and Roman little, candles. And little... No, fuck no. Roman no? candles. No. You couldn't do Roman candles. Whoa. You could do those fountains that just shot sparks yeah. in the air. Yeah, you yeah. could do those like little black worms that grew. Yeah, those, and I left, think those are the black cats. Left shitty marks on the ground and you could... Uh, uh, bottle rockets. Those are always fun. But you can't do them in Indiana because they're illegal. Are you kidding me? I remember playing with bottle rockets all the time when I was a kid. So we actually shoot them out of bottles. You're, you're younger than me, so I'm saying in my uh, okay. in my age that that was illegal. Yeah. Um, nowadays, like driving home, it just like the whole city was going off. Yeah. I mean, every single person in the backyard set off fireworks, and it was just awesome. Yeah. Like I kind of wanted to be an airline pilot because yeah. I think the funnest night in the in the world has got to be going on July 14th. You're like 
35,000 feet up. You can see for hundreds of miles in all directions, yeah. and it's just all boom, 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 boom. <laughs> That'd be pretty cool. That would be so cool. Yeah. So that's what I would like to be, a pilot on July 4th. Awesome. Did you do anything else? Well, uh, since we're catching up two weeks, we had the successful uh, Brouhaha meetup. Oh, yeah. That was um, a lot of fun. One of our listeners showed up, uh, Daniel. Yeah, I don't think you you know I didn't him, meet but him. I, oh you didn't oh that's right because it no. was a oh god it was a fucking nightmare we, sh- we showed up at the joint and my girlfriend forgot her ID oh, that's right that was a lot of fun because <laughs> we rode our bikes there from your house your eyes are huge right yes now. <laughs> and there's a vein throbbing in my forehead <laughs> but we went back so you went out went, went ahead in you you, you dick yeah I was and, three uh, beers in before you, were three you guys beers even before got, got there. there. Uh, what was the hit what was your number one hit of the the brouhaha because uh, basically I, it was. I, they shut down an Indianapolis City Street and lined up 50 different brew houses in the tents. And the lines were formed like human centipede style. <laughs> <laughs> ask the mouth. Ask the mouth. Ask the mouth. So it's like you got in one line, you got up to the front, and then you exited left into immediately another line for the next thing. You just kind of went up snake style. Yeah. I've got the I, – I, I know the best brewery, that I, in my opinion. What was yours? What was your favorite? Um, there was a, there was a beer called Abbey Normal that I, it might hmm. be Sun King. I'm not sure, but it was obviously Sun King's one of the ones I skipped because I go there so often. Yeah. Right. Um, I didn't do three wise men for some reason. Uh, I did three wise men. Um, uh, they had like a raspberry beer or something that yeah, I tried that was very, pretty good. It's, it's okay. I like their pizza better than their beer actually. Oh, I've never had their pizza. Um, but yeah, there was a beer called Abbey Normal that was pretty good. I, I don't remember exactly what it was i I deleted my notes on it i actually Uh, took notes while we were there i was like writing out all the beer names and grading them with uh like a minus b plus right c d excellent mouthfeel yeah uh the aroma is a floral finish yeah hoppy no yeah no no um what is this personal arrogance right um my favorite was about everything i tried from the new belgian or uh new New albanian Albanian. from new albany albany indiana yeah I'm not a really hoppy beer guy because I'm just kind of new at this and easing into the hops. But they had this yeah, one called Optimus Prime. First of all, all <laughs> their shit was Imperial. First of all, awesome name. Yes, and, aus- and also they have the best. If you go to the, if you Google New Albanian, they have the most awesome bottle art. Yeah, we just drank one tonight. Actually, what was that called? Uh, Elector. Elector. Yeah. And it had basically a Soviet-looking politician chick, demon yeah. chick. Yeah, with um, a suit but- and tie and. The Optimus Optimus Prime had this awesome transformer looking dude crushing a beer stein and <laughs> nice. it and all this stuff is imperial. Like I think the minimum mm. alcohol content was like ten percent. My favorite kind of beers. And they had this one, I think it was called a a cherry porter, imperial cherry porter mm. that mm-hmm. was delicious and twelve yeah. percent alcohol called Thunderfoot. Yes, and it really knocked good. you on your ass, man. And they had another one called the uh, um, Double Vision. <laughs> which was very enjoyable like yeah. all this stuff I, in fact we've got to make a road trip to new albany sure it's only um, like four thousand miles away yeah yeah um but yeah those are my favorite types of beer. beers are the imperials because i can't drink a whole lot of beer i get bloated and i right. start feeling so terrible. you want them to pack a punch so, yeah exactly <laughs> i want to basically be drinking a wine mm-hmm. if i'm drinking beer a carbonated wine <laughs> yep. so new albany that was my favorite that's cool um, Bruhaha success, and then we ate yats afterwards. Mm-hmm. Excellent. I went to see Cars Two, worst Pixar movie of all time, in my opinion. Really, I've heard it's I've, been getting slammed. I Cars was, I think, the previous shitty movie. Mm. So they basically took the car, 
that they took the shittiest movie they replaced the character with the damn tomater larry the cable guy he's the main character now i don't know who that i've never saw larry well, you know the who cable larry the cable guy is you, you're aware him, yes i'm aware okay. that he exists unfortunately it it was like even my kid was like <laughs> i want to go 20 minutes before the thing was over that tomato's dumb daddy yeah this guy's <laughs> ignorant i feel stupider from watching it so i was very disappointed with that uh we've had we've been doing a lot of gaming of late we want to touch to. on two. I, I think we might have mentioned this in another cast. But we didn't really get into it. the Battle for Hill two eighteen. Yeah, uh, it's a deck of card games. It looks it's about the exact same side as a normal deck of playing cards. Sure, I think you got twenty five. The, the deck is basically two identical sets of twenty five cards mm-hmm. with one card called Hill two eighteen, and you play it kind of weird on a grid that you put the Hill two eighteen card in the middle, and then if you imagine a card shaped grid on the whole table, you deploy your forces based around that hill yeah and there's the the cards have different um supply or kind of movement rules and like you know so the heavy weapon guy can deploy left and right front to center but he can fire diagonally yeah and you got special forces that can do the opposite and you got paratroopers that can deploy any part of the game board without having a supply chain mm-hmm. um i dig it because it's like ten dollars and it's ultra portable it's going to be my go-to packs line game this year fuck sure. the free magic the gathering pack they put in the, you know yeah you can play this game in like two minutes yeah, two, you, two to five minutes right and like if you have to scoop a game because the line moves nobody cares just scoop the game sure, yeah yeah so um i think it's extremely it's got a lot of depth to the game See, I've come around on this to thinking that it doesn't. Okay. Like we started out thinking, oh, this is just a simple, fun game. Right. And we went to, oh, man, this is complex and deep. And right. I'm back to basically thinking that this thing is tic-tac-toe, uh, like a random version of tic-tac-toe. But, okay. Because if, That's if, insane, you're dealt, if you deal each person the same deck and you don't shuffle them and randomize them, right? then... In my opinion, nobody wins. It's a stalemate. Yeah. Because you each you're... have the same units in the same order, and you play the exact same way. How is this not just total random chance on who wins? I don't know. I mean, if you didn't do all that, but if your aunt had balls, you'd be your uncle. So, well, like, yes, if you sure, didn't randomize no, and draw here, that. Here's what I'm saying. Like, a lot of games you'll have, like, take StarCraft, take mm-hmm. Magic the Gathering, mm-hmm. whatever. You have different abilities that are not the same, that are not identical, but... They're they're sort of meant to balance each each other out power wise, mm-hmm. um, so they're each comparable in in power level. But in this, you have the exact same uh, units. So really, the only the only factor that makes any uh, the, the only determining factor is your opening hand is your your opening hand and and the order of the cards. So really, it's but totally it's a totally random game. I don't know. I think there's a lot of strategy in when you deploy your airstrikes because airstrikes not only instantly vaporize the unit, sure, but they also sure. increase your hand size. Uh-huh. So if you know, one theory is like do it right in the beginning to piss off the to, to nuke the guy's base and piss him off. Plus, you're increasing your hand size. But then, but then I then do it's the same, a, and it, it's late in the game. Well, but but the thing is, then late in the game when you got to remove that thing that's cut defending his base to uh-huh. attack it, you need an airstrike and you don't got it. So there's sure. some tension there. Plus, I think there is a perfect strategy for every single play. Uh-huh. But your opening hand that you can also mulligan two cards out of if you get screwed, and what your opponent does, and the place of the board, it, that changes all the time. And it's a very deep. Like if you have a pretty well deployed position where you got like three or four cards on your side, three or four cards on your side, and you got a hand size of five or six cards, mm-hmm. your optimum play. 
could, I mean, I'm sure it's there, but getting to figuring it out might take hundreds of games. That's one of the things I... Yeah, there's, there, there is a skill there in just understanding how the game works. Right. I, I won't deny that, but I feel like if you are playing someone who has an equal amount of skill, understands the game exactly as well as you do, then it's really only the randomization that out- determines the outcome of the game. I uh, yeah, but I think I think it might take a hundred or two hundred games to get there, and for a ten dollar game Maybe. that you can take anywhere. It, it's and totally also, worth it. by yeah, the I'm way, not... there's a free online version that you can yeah. play single player or two player, which mm-hmm. I'm going to link to in the show notes. Um, so get a taste of it yourself. Oh, speaking of free online games, have we mentioned the free Dominion? Game yeah, we did. We and we linked to it. Oh, okay, okay. Well, let's do it again. How about uh, that? <laughs> okay, I'll link that. Um, the other the other game we played the last time we had our uh, game day was Battlestar Galactica. Oh yeah. Oh, we got to tell so, them about the epic. Yeah. Oh yeah. The epic is, flip. Because the the, the, the interesting <laughs> thing about this game is the ba- the board game is basically Battlestar Galactica and Colonial One. And if you don't know the game, the the it doesn't matter. Because I'd never seen the series before I started playing. Yeah. Each player picks a player card from the series mm-hmm. of a human, and they've all got different skills and abilities. And <laughs> but the interesting thing is, everyone's dealt a loyalty card at the beginning of the game, mm-hmm. and they all say you are not a Cylon except for one that says you are a Cylon. Yeah. There's actually two of those in the deck. Well, it depends on you yeah, notice. but it depends on what how big your how like big the how many how many goes you have. in there. Right, right. Okay. Uh, can I just jump in here real quick and talk about the the starting characters? Because okay. I did something interesting while playing this game because I had seen the series, mm-hmm. and so I re- I really understood how all the characters thought mm-hmm. um, throughout the series, mm-hmm. and so I picked President Rosalind. Okay, and the I most rolled... annoying character in the, game, in, in the series because I've most actually the... started watching season one because of this yeah, game. she's pretty damn annoying. I, uh-huh. I don't like her very much, um, but she's annoying, so I picked her mm-hmm. like I, I, with the intent purpose. Of role playing the shit out of this game, okay? Because I played this game exactly like Rosalind. You did, I did, and it pissed people off, right? And it it almost made us lose at times because I would do stupid things because that's what Rosalind did, right? At first, she was a naive teacher trying to fill in as a politician, right? Uh, Then towards the end of the game, she was this wacko religious nut job, right? And she was just making bad decision after bad decision, which was kind of brilliant because (laughs) right about the time. I started suspecting you of being a Cylon and uh-huh. using that, this role-playing bullshit, as cover. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, wait, he's making stupid <laughs> decisions because he's a damn Cylon and he's uh-huh. so... He's trying to sabotage you, right? And just as I arrived at that opinion, <laughs> you accused me because of being I, a Cylon. Yeah, I used an ability to look at your Cylon card. Or look at yes. your loyalty card, and you lied and I about looked it. At it, and I lied the shit out of it. And what's was like, funny oh is, oh my god, you! I knew it. I knew you were the Cylon. What's funny is because I had suspected our friend Peter yep. of being a Cylon from the beginning. <laughs> we all had meta really, no- yeah. well, but it's a meta knowledge because. Mm-hmm. I had read the rules. I was the only one that read the rules. When I dealt the loyalty cards, he says, what's the special ability text on the loyalty card do? And I know that only the Cylon oh, cards have that. Damn. He, so he, and I was, I'm like, you're a fucking Cylon. He's like, no, I'm not. Well, I finally got a card where I could expose his loyalty. Uh-huh. So like, I just exposed a Cylon player yep. and you mind fucked the whole group. <laughs> and what was so funny is like, I was not a Cylon. I know. But there's not a thing like, <laughs> At least three quarters of the players believed I was, and they were trying to put me in the brig. <laughs> I'm like, you're putting it, and that's what's that's what's so brilliant about the game is like yeah. this huge game of paranoia. Because if the Cylons yep. can make someone 
go a human player go to the brig? Mm-hmm. Oh, because that 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 double fucks the pl- uh, humans because not only is a Cylon free to roam about the ship and cause trouble, but one of the <laughs> humans that can actually do useful things is put in the brig. And and, and the genius part, like. Well, it's not genius. It's just insane. The The crazy part is, I knew that we weren't going to finish this game. Right. So I was like, all right, I'm just going to create chaos now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I accused you of being a Cylon. Everyone bought it at first. Everyone was like, oh, my God, I can't believe Aaron's a Cylon. And, but then they slowly turned. They were thinking, oh, wait, I wonder if something weird is going on here. Because everyone knows you was a gaming you paladin. You took my girlfriend against you, you fucker. <laughs> She's the one that tried to throw me in the brig. Right? I, I know. Think, I think she succeeded, yeah. actually. Uh, she might have. I can't remember. Uh, but yeah, so slowly everyone came around. They were realizing Aaron is a paladin. He doesn't play games like that. He's not going to mind fuck everybody. And so they thought I was a Cylon. Mm-hmm. And it turns out at the end of the game, I flip over my card. I'm not a Cylon. I just wanted to accuse you for the hell of it. What's <laughs> I was what, just causing which chaos? Which is an interesting thing for next game mm-hmm. because this is all social and about what you know about your group. There's some yep. meta, like you yep. know, because my reputation as a gaming paladin that we talked about in. Uh, yeah. Geek ethics, way back in like episode seven. Yeah, um, my reputation as a geek paladin carried the day. Yep. Um, but now you've got this reputation of being a loose cannon, and everyone's <laughs> got to think about that every single right? game we play. And of course, I'm going to be thinking about it. But I'm, no, I'm I love this game. I think it's got huge potential. Yeah, it's it's like a mix of. Oh man, I don't even know. Diplomacy is definitely in right, there. and there's um, but there's combat because you got there's Cylon mm-hmm. attacks. You got to fly or fly spaceships and launch nukes to protect you. Yep. There's resource management because you got food, fuel, population, mm-hmm. and morale, which we found that didn't matter very much. Well, you know, but like, we I I think as we got it, we 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 got it's kind of very much like pandemic in that like if you get a certain number of cards, it makes the game very hard to beat. And we got, yeah. other than the very first encounter we were able to jump away from, we got pretty lucky with the Cylon encounters. I guess so, yeah. But, uh, uh, but Plus, when, when Peter revealed himself as a Cylon, or was revealed as a Cylon, right. um, he didn't end up getting much done. No, and he didn't because, know what he was doing, because the real yeah. damage you do as a Cylon is why you're undercover. Uh, absolutely. And yeah. we were only halfway through, because halfway through the game, there's a, what's called a loyalty round, mm-hmm. or uh, a sleeper agent round, where everyone's dealt another loyalty card. Oh, yeah, yeah. And mm-hmm. someone that did not know they were a Cylon previously is now a Cylon. <laughs> yeah. And that's, again, another brilliant twist. Like, it's really... Yeah. I, I, when I first heard this game, because I first heard about it in PAX East, and everybody's buzzing about how great it was, I'm like, really? A a, a game knockoff? Yeah, licensed per- game. Published by Sci-Fi. Siffy. Oh, the network? Yes. The television network? I'm like, this has got to be oh. shit. Terrible. Yeah. Te- like, I almost want to not play the game anymore <laughs> because of that. <laughs> but it's a fantastic game. It is. It's going to get really some, get, now that yeah. we know, especially I think it's probably an hour and a half, three hour game, depending on like the first time around. First it's going to take a play, while. It's a long game. Because the mechanics are not very deep, but there's a lot of it and yeah. a lot of stuff to set up and a lot of cards to get. You know, it's kind of very Arkham Horror-ish, if you know that, that there's like so many things mm-hmm. to set up in the game. So, anyway. But yeah. That leads me to Battlestar the series. Oh, um, yeah. I don't want to dwell too much that. on this, mm-hmm. but. Um, because it's an old series and whatnot, but I started watching it because of the game. Mm-hmm. Can we spoil it? Do you care? I don't give a shit. Okay. Does and our audience care? Audience, if you care that we spoil it, speak up light now spoilers. or forever hold your peace. But here's the thing. Nothing. When you... <laughs> well, we did give them a we chance did, yeah. to voice their concerns. And they said nothing. Nothing. Nobody came in from Skype. <laughs> nothing. Um, if... 
when you when we had the Geek Babes draft, yeah, you selected Katie Sackhoff oh, pretty right. high up, and yeah. I'm like. Everyone, like, the only reason people liked her is because she's a spaceship pilot in a, a sci-fi show. It's basically uh, what we talked about with, uh, um, oh, God damn Felicia it, the Day. Felicia Day. Yeah. That she's not that attractive. And I will defend myself as saying, when she's got there, like, a slack-jawed or neutral expression, <laughs> slack-jawed. she's not particularly attractive. Mm. But she has got a amazing smile she does a really cool personality like i got her smile like is the type that would let her get off the hook for anything yeah and, and she how looks, would you like to have a beer with her right? yeah right and she looks damn fine in a tank top oh, like she's got yeah. like like not thin not thick like just mm-hmm. really athletic build so it's like yeah I kind of would maybe give her a couple points. I see what you said because <laughs> right, I remember, right, okay. like, if you've seen the show, you would not be slagging her uh, attractiveness. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. But it's been a it's I've never seen a woman that can transform my impression on her based on just a smile. Mm. It's really weird. So huh. okay. I also, but I'm not digging the show. I'm like six episodes in. Uh, yeah, because the other I thing heard is, your objections. Well, let me do another objection. Because not only do I think the two lead leadership characters, the Admiral and the President, are annoying and make oh, stupid yeah. decisions. But I think part of that this is show, show has got just horrible military realism. <laughs> can I can I stop you at the annoying leaders first? Okay. Because I there are a lot of political and social undertones in this show. A lot of them. Um and I think that might be one of them, that everybody kind of feels like the leaders are not doing things right. Hmm. Like, half of the crew is on Rosalind's side. Half the crew thinks she's crazy. Like, I, I think that's part of the show. And Ron right. Moore did a lot of that that type of stuff throughout the series. But it seems heavy-handed. Like, this was a politi- – this was, you know, right – the, the mm-hmm. pilot episode was, like, right after George Bush's second yes. term began. It's very heavy And he's like, I can hear the axe grinding in the background. Oh, yeah. And and he does that with religion. He does that with <laughs> oh, great. the politics. Yeah, get ready for it uh-huh. because it doesn't get any better. No, really? Like, no, no. This, this is – Man, this I almost would not even call this a nerd type TV show if it weren't sci-fi. Mm. But this appeals to nerds because it is sci-fi. If you like any subtlety in your series, you probably won't like this because it is over the top. It is heavy-handed. Yeah, it really it's it comes across as amateur, like something a high school student would write. But it has very high production values. Like yes. the effects in it, phenomenal, right? I guess. I've well, already seen them reuse quite a bit of them. And I heard that okay. that's a continuing problem. It is, but there are some shots which will blow your mind when right. you see them. Or at right. least they did in 2008 when I was mm-hmm. watching it, you know. Um, but I think the effects are very good. I think the acting is good with with the direction that I'm sure they were given. Uh-huh. I'm sure Ron Moore was oh, behind the scenes is saying... Good. Uh, some of the acting is good. I feel like the stuff with Katie Sackhoff and Apollo gets, and I'm using their actor names and their character names interchangeably. Right. But gets Starbuck a little... Apollo. That sounds so homoerotic if all you know is the 1970s version. <laughs> Starbuck and Apollo. Oh, Starbuck and Apollo. When they make out, it doesn't feel genuine. Oh, yeah. I'm telling you what. It feels like those two guys just didn't want to make out. What? Also, is it true that the kid Boxy that played a pretty prominent role in the pilot... Boxy. 
Yeah, he's this little kid that was going to be a, a throwback to the little kid that's in the the old Battlestar Galactica. He never appears in the other the whole rest of the series. Well, I don't remember him, so if that tells you anything, that's what my that's what my girlfriend said. She goes like this. Kid, I'm like, oh, the, so this kid's exactly the same as he was in the old series. She's like, yeah, but he never appears again. I'm like, really? Oh, interesting. I don't know. Um, okay, so so I got more heavy handed political and religious bullshit coming yeah. to me. Oh, yeah. The other thing I'm not liking is the military realism. Well, they exact like for example, okay. one thing is that they had been under constant Cylon attack every 31 3 minutes. 33 minutes, yep. They have for to jump. at 120 hours. Mm-hmm. And they made it clear that these pilots have been piloting combat sorties every 100 for 130 hours. That's fucking impossible. <laughs> and they just started using stimulants. Imagine yeah. like okay, that's like five days without sleep. Well, There's you can catch no... twenty minute naps, you know. Like... No, because they like, and then the other thing oh, is like they're out for those thirty three th- minutes, and then they jump, and then and then they showed they showed them giving a mission briefing for like the seventy fifth one, and he's like, yeah, it's like no one would after seventy fifth one, it'd be like you just stay in your ship and sleep for five minutes. You wouldn't get out and do another fucking combat briefing. Uh, that's the same thing we did every, you know, and, and like, yeah, if they would told no, me that I, that was 48 that. hours, mm. I would believe it. But there's no way, no way a human being it's, can function for five days without sleep and pilot starships and not all get wiped out. I don't think they're out. going without sleep. I mean, were they, were they sending every pilot out every single time? That's what they implied. Were, they, were the Cylons showing up at the 33 minute mark and then they jump well, as the soon admi- as they showed up? The Admiral joked with the 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 second command about it's your turn to get 10 minutes. Yeah. So it's like they're getting 10 minute cat. I just, to me, that people, seemed. People do that, man. People get <sighs> crazy. Like, okay, what about like snipers who are trained to not sleep? For, and I'm, I'm not going to say that these people are all trained to not sleep for days on end. Okay. But it's possible. The human body can do it, right? I'm saying is they made it a point that they just now or- were ordered to take stimulants. Yeah. Which is like, like if, if this sure was, if this was the day two the and they were taking speed, okay, <laughs> that actually probably happens in the real world. I just thought uh, it was unrealistic. I also thought like a lot of the tactical decisions that they make. Mm-hmm. Well, you are, also told me that you thought the Cylon detector. Well, or, yeah, because not, not building it, a Cylon detector was unrealistic. Yeah, like okay, yeah. they they say like these human these Cylons are di- physically indistinguishable from humans, mm-hmm. but a big plot point in the series premiere is the fact that they have silicon based connections in their brain humans See, don't, don't fucking really... have silicon connections in their brain if that's brain true if that's true and that's how they're dying because of some interference it should be easy to detect hmm. also these people have real-time subspace connections with the cylon ships so they can resurrect themselves yeah there's got to be some kind of goddamn antenna shoved up their ass like because humans I... don't have an organ that detects subspace signals and you're they're right, superhuman. Right. They're superhuman in their damage resistance. They can't have real bones and muscle. <laughs> I'm I'm wondering if I, I'm wondering if watching more of the series will answer some of your questions. Um, I I don't see any immediate answers for a couple of the points, but I do see some for a couple of the other points. All right. So you might just keep watching um, <laughs> for now. Right. Like, like if they had ball tear, like I buy that you can make a cyborg so sophisticated that you could have sex with one and not know it. God, by God, mm-hmm. that's like my fantasy. I can't wait for that day oh. to happen. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, uh, but if you make a great, and and I just think that they try to have their cake and eat it too. 
by like, okay, these Cylons have unique vulnerabilities because they have silicon pathways in their brain, uh, but we can't detect them in any kind of known scanner. My only argument there is that we don't know what the technology is in that universe. Right? So they can't detect silicon in someone's brain. <laughs> it's possible they can't. <laughs> I we we don't. They can have... travel faster than light. Hey, I'm not saying that it makes sense. I'm just saying we don't have enough information. Okay. All right. <laughs> it also kind of tripped me because it looked like in as a fan of the original series because mm-hmm. I was a child of the '70s. It looked to me like they were trying to make this be. Like the first series took place in the in the old Cylon War that happened like fifty years ago, mm-hmm. and I think that would have been cool if they did that. But it seems like no that that like for example, you know they had these the old model Vipers looked a lot like the old model Vipers yeah. from the previous TV show, and that would have been but but they they made it very clear early on that no 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 this is not the same universe or anything like that. No, it's a reimagining. They've called it a reimagining. So I don't know why they series. did. It kind of bugged me as a fanboy about why they used the original ships from the exact series. You've you've just got to disconnect all yeah. continuity. Just disconnect your mind. Well, they, but from the they original. but they should they they shouldn't have thrown in that continuity. But if if you were watching it at the time that it was released, they made a big deal about saying this is a reimagining of the original series. Mm-hmm. This is not anything to do not a continuation not a prequel nothing for the original you just need to re just throw all that knowledge out all right and this is a new new series with the same name okay so So. i'm not digging the series so far do i know i i really man it's a shame that you're not digging it i i would suggest that you kind of try to i promise not stick stick on those points i promise to stick through it for the season one because there's a lot of sci-fi that you can call bullshit on right well like the full first full season is if i was the person i am now (laughs) okay watching the first season of the next generation star Mm -hmm. trek there's no way i would have made it through but is that because of like technical issues or is that because it's special effects it's acting it's the stories it's i've been more sophisticated as a viewer it's the same reason i don't like transformers the cartoon and i was totally yeah, yeah, yeah i want to use the word gay but i would have slept with optimus prime i would have you know I'll, had his I'll, baby. Just, <laughs> I'll just say that <laughs> back I, in the day but now i see yeah. it and it's like it's it's amateur it's it's immature oh I'll, I'll just say that i like the subject matter that battlestar galactica the new series explores um it raises more questions than it tries to answer which i like because ron moore is not shoving his opinion down your throat He's he's asking he's the questions. No, no. Okay. Um, I don't think he is in a lot of ways. Yeah, yeah, because he's even-handed with his ham-fistedness. He is. He, like at first he was he was clearly painting the president as a lunatic, uh-huh. but then he equally painted Adama, the admiral, as a lunatic. He does that, and and you have to just follow through with this whole series. I think hmm. uh, once you get to the end, you'll appreciate it more. Right. Um. But that's that's all I have to say on Battlestar Galactica. Just stick with it. And I think it's a valuable series. All right, let's talk about a newer series. Yes, let's. that just ended, Game of Thrones. Yes, I this because I've never read the books. Neither this have I. I did not know it was under development. I just heard that like Game of Thrones. It's uh, you know this fantasy guys wrote this whole series. They fantasy guy George R. R. Martin. I've never like heard of the most. Fa- you had never heard of him? No. And I actually at first I heard him like what kind of tool calls himself. <laughs> <laughs> it's his fucking name, man. Bullshit. He's got two R's as middle names. Yeah, like R-R. Tolkien. Just like Tolkien. And he happens to write a book <laughs> series just like Tolkien. 
His last name was Tolkien. He changed it to Martin. I, yeah, I'd buy that. George R. R. Tolkien. I'm telling you, it's like that really rubbed me the wrong way. Do you say do you say it Tolkien or do you say Tolkien? I say Tolkien because Tol- you've met people who've said it Tolkien, though, right? Well, famously, what do you think of those people? Famously, on Final Sacrifice, they make a joke about the main character being like a Tolkien. He's like, because he he's like, wait a minute, I haven't read Tolkien in over a month. <laughs> So yeah, I wait. Think what is Final Sacrifice? It's a mystery science. It's the okay, listeners. Oh, is this Zap Hour? The Final Sacrifice <laughs> is the best mystery science theater three thousand of all time. Mm-hmm. I defy anyone. Get a couple of your buddies together, have a couple brews, <laughs> put this on, and if you're not fucking pissing blood within fifteen minutes, <laughs> you are Cylon. You are. You are Silicon Cylon. Pathways. I will throw you in the brig. <laughs> um. But so so I didn't know what to expect as Game of Thrones, and yeah. I am blown away. I actually might like it hmm. better than Lord of the Rings because it's got fantastic titties. <laughs> the new like like the I wish only I was criteria by the way, I, Ron I wish show. I was the guy casting this because it's like okay, you have to have perfect bodies mm. and they got to be all natural. Yeah, none of this silicon shit. Get out. Yeah. I mean, these bodies well, have, have been be. a, fantastic, and they are gloriously natural. No silicon at all. And they're gloriously gratuitous as well. They're everywhere. Oh, in they're every episode, there is full frontal nudity. Yeah. Lesbian makeout scenes. Yep. Uh, violence. Violent. Gore. Like, violence. Doggy style. Brutal sex. Oh, okay. Well, there's also... <laughs> I was going to mention there's gore. Yeah. There's oh, violence. Like if gore. You're, there's zombies. What do you think of that? You're, uh, you're the zombie meister. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, it's got zombies. It's got more like magical zombies, though. Okay. And I don't know how I feel about magical zombies. Well, but we don't know if they're magical zombies. We don't know that. I, I mean, because like, there's been no magic in the show so far. There's been some fantastic. That's true. In, there in are fact, until the app, elements. there is dragons, but only in the very last episode. Well, no. Uh, can we say spoiler alert? <laughs> oh yeah, because that's a pretty big no, spoiler. Okay, okay. Um, let's not do spoiler alert. And I just spoiled, <laughs> but you don't. You don't. You don't. It's not enough to spoil it. <laughs> sure, I, just put that out of your mind. Yeah, erase anyway, that. Let's let's try to tread lightly on the spoilers. There are a couple fantastical elements. Um. And I want to talk about this in the context of our colorblindness episode. Okay. Because. Fantastic. That's a good episode. I had always been told that the the Game of Thrones series was the series. George R.R. George R. Martin, George R.R. R. Tolkien. G.R.R. Was the guy to read if you were looking to get into fantasy and you didn't previously like fantasy. Okay. Because as we see in the show, and as I think holds true in the book, this is very politics-based. It's yes. very... Um, low fantasy. Like yeah. it's, it doesn't have elves. It doesn't have no, as far as we've seen. It doesn't have elves. It doesn't have dwarves. Well, it has dwarves, but only one. And I can't tell if he's part of a race of dwarves or if he was just like no, he's a, a normal he's, human he's, who was happened to be born a dwarf. He's a little person. Dwarf well, is they a call insult. him a dwarf. Well, they call they, him a dwarf. They call him in the imp. series. I don't. Think they call actually him use the word. No, oh, they do. They? They? Yeah. Okay. Um, Which, by the way, so he's played by Peter Dinklage. Yeah, phenomenal who actor. Is wow. an amazing. Like he, he's a star of the show. He, absolutely, he's badass. Believe it or not, this is the. Uh, well, I'll save this. And you know who Peter Dinklage is? The only time I've seen him before, he was the children's book, yeah, auteur that they everyone was trying to get in the Elf, Elf. movie with Will Ferrell. Yep. And he's the one with Will Ferrell. Fable is like, oh. 
looking elf. And the guy's like, call me elf one more time. Yeah. But he's very, like, handsome uh-huh. and articulate. And, oh, like, yeah. like, and in this series, he pulls that to the utmost. Yes. And he don't give a fuck. Because he's the nobleman. He's, uh... Yeah. Yeah. Like, he slaps princes around. Yeah. He whores, like, with the best of them. And, mm-hmm. like, the ladies love him. And he's a mil- He's kind of got a strategic genius and, mm-hmm. like, very smart. And very, he's the funniest guy by far in the series. Yeah, but uh, there isn't a whole lot of fantasy in it, which I personally like. Because if our listeners have been listening for a long time, they know I am not a fantasy guy. Yeah. I, I don't like the Lord of the Rings books. I tried to read The Hobbit a long time ago. I hated it. Um, I'm not into fantasy. I like the Lord of the Rings movies. And this comes back to why I, I dig Game of Thrones and Lord of the Rings is because... The names, I don't have to memorize. Oh, I, yeah. I literally could not tell you any names except for Joffrey. And Ned. Who's the, who's the king's son or right, whatever. Right, right. Um, no, I, who's Ned? He's uh, Sean Bean. Okay. All right. Well, I didn't know his name until now. Uh, um, it's and a, Tyrion, who is Peter Dinklage. Yep. yep. Um, I, I do not know anyone else's name. See, but I, I don't have to because I know their faces. Exactly. And, and that's I can identify with those. And for those people that are important, I found this roughly as hard to get into as the first season of The Wire. And, like, it took me six or seven episodes of Wire to, re- to, to hmm. get everybody operating out of what they call the pit. Like, who they hmm. were. Like, that's the, the low-rise apartment buildings where they're slinging drugs. Oh, okay. Like, who they were, yet. what the relationship was, what their part in the organization was. Yeah. It took me four or five episodes to realize... Which family was which? Who belonged to who? Yeah, but it didn't make it less absorbing. Yeah, that's the thing. I don't need to know who's who really, as long as I can keep straight the politics of what's going yes. on. Because this series is very much about the politics. Yes, very much. There, like I said, is almost no fantasy. Um, and is everything's gray? I think everything was gray back you then. Have, well, that's true. <laughs> that's true. The, I, dyes, if when, you notice... When you're covered with crap, head to toe. No, no, no. <laughs> you, if you notice, only the noblemen were yes. wearing colored garments right. of any type. Everyone else was wearing essentially rags. Right. Gray yeah. tones, earth tones, mm-hmm. like just stuff that naturally grows. Mm-hmm. And and dye was a very expensive thing. You, yeah. To have these fine tailored clothing. Just wearing hip, man. Yeah, he, absolutely. It's all natural. <laughs> Yeah, smoke your shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Multi-purpose. Yeah. But no, I I thought the um, the other thing about it is there's a lot of exposition, mm-hmm. like a lot, like five minutes worth at a, a chunk. But it's so interesting because it's delivered well. Yes. And there's usually something else going on, like somebody is there's a there's a battle going on, mm-hmm. or there's a lesbian sex scene happening they're in skinning front of a us. Deer. Yeah, like there's it's the most fascinating and. At the end of some of these dialogue, it's almost um, kind of like when you see a Quentin Tarantino movie where someone yeah. has this monologue that's so awesome, you just want to get up and clap. <laughs> yeah. I felt that like three different times. Especially when Peter Dinklage is on the oh, screen. Yeah. He just delivers his lines so well, and he has such brilliant retorts for everything everyone <sighs> yeah, says. Yeah, right. Because people will insult him outright, yeah. and he'll just come back and tear them to pieces. And uh-huh. it's, it's beautiful. Right. It's really beautiful. No, I, I'm super excited, and they end the series, like, the best way you could mm. possibly, like, I am gagging for season two. Yeah. I can't wait to see what happens. There are a couple of moments where I was like, 
you did not do that. Yeah. I cannot believe you just did that. Yeah, I, there's so many spoilers that I don't want to tread on, but there's like uh, yeah. unbelievable things that happen. And um, I guess George R. R. Martin. I can't mm-hmm. believe I'm saying that. Tolkien. George R. R. Tolkien. George George Martin. Uh, Georgie. He <laughs> wanted to make sure his readers knew that no one was safe. And a lot of authors yeah. say that. A lot of people say that. Mm-hmm. And then they just kill periphery characters like Chewbacca. <laughs> no, he's killing Luke and Han and yeah. Leia and like the, the all the time people die yeah. and get maimed and like main characters. It's really cool to not like you honestly have no idea who's safe. Sure. And next season, who the hell knows? Because most of the major players that they set up were not major players in the beginning. I don't know if that's a spoiler or not, but it's just like eh, not not really. Right. So it's amazing. I. I'm, uh, the, I I won't put it up with Mad Men on Breaking Bad just yet, but it's definitely threatening two or three more seasons of this quality yeah. that they keep ramping up. And if they can make this zombie thing, I'm a little shaky on if it. If they can make that payoff. If they can make those characters not just be some stupid bullshit thing. Well, here's my thing. Like, what happens when all of the heads on pikes start coming back to life. Like, could you imagine a whole field of just heads on pikes that are moving and groaning? And like, will they though? Cause I don't No, I, I don't know if they will, but can you right. imagine like that would be the ultimate defense of a, of a city or a castle, right? Just yeah. a mile's worth of heads on pikes. Who's going to walk through that? Right. Right. That would be freaky as fuck. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm waiting for that to happen. Honestly. Uh, the, the one other thing I wanted to say about the names and not needing to know them is that I couldn't even understand them. Oh, no, Even if I wanted either. to, because they're all There's speaking like in, like, British and and Scottish and Irish and, like, all these British accents that I can't even understand. Like, when a guy says mock, does he yeah. mean Mark, M-A-R-K, or does he mean <laughs> M-O-C-H, or right. does he mean M-O-K? Right. Like, I have no idea. The only saving grace is most of the main characters have abbreviations. Like, Ned, the guy who's Ned Stark, who's Sean Bean... Mm-hmm. Ned wasn't his name. His real name was you know Wheelbarrow. Yeah. But his nickname was Ned, and after the first couple episodes, unless he was making an official <laughs> proclamation, he uh, never used his full name. Same thing um, uh, with, like, the the king was Robert. Like, yeah, yeah. Some of the people in, like, the sister that was, like, with the really pale blonde hair uh, was named Daenerys. But mm. they started calling, I think, at one point started calling her Danny. So I started just hmm. thinking her as Dan. So there are, but yeah, the names are very impenetrable. Yeah, the only names I picked up were Lannister and Stark. That's yep. it. Right. Yep. Or Lanigan. I don't even know. What, I don't right. know what the end of that no, is. Lan- Lannister. Something. Lannister. Yeah, they Lannister. always pay their debts. <laughs> That's right. They do. Yep. Um, okay. So so enough Game of Thrones. A break in action. Um, I've got a kind of segment because I've had a bunch of these crazy ideas of late and I've written them all down. I want to pitch a couple crazy ideas. Oh boy. All right. Or some crazy thoughts. Do you know that like culture has been going more and more ironic? Sure. Culminating in a hipster movement where I will buy that. It's hard to tell whether they truly enjoy anything. Started by Corey Hart, by the way. So glasses at night. Totally ironic. Um, like, like with wearing trucker hats and skinny jeans and yeah. drinking PBR and like, I don't even know if they know that there's, and all driving fixies or riding fixies <laughs> around, you know, I don't know. Standing that, desks. Yeah. Uh, Vibrams, five fingers. <laughs> I don't know if they even know that they're sincere at this point. Maybe not. I think in the next decade, we, the new irony is going to be sincerity. <laughs> 
Like, okay, like for it, example, it, it, like, let's explore this. Like yeah. these geeks that like My Little Ponies. Oh, uh, yeah, the geek. It nice started guys. off as ironic, but they sincerely love this fucking show at this point. Yeah, I don't know that it started off as ironic. At least not with the Geek Nights guys. But you know what I'm saying? Like, like it's not going to be like, oh, I love. You know, the, I think the new irony is going to be total sincerity. You're going to say what you mean, and you're going to like what you like, and you're not going to hmm. put all these layers of artificial bullshit in front no of you as armor. No, yeah, it's going to be total sincerity. Next decade is going to be the decade of sincerity. Wow, I want to start a sincerity movement. Okay, I'm with you, man. That so we're just going to skew you. irony all together, and we're just going to like things we genuinely like, and they're defensible to like. And we're not going to hmm. like trucker hats and PBR. I've never and, liked trucker hats and PBR. And skinny jeans and shitty bicycles. Jeans. No, I ride a 15-speed or whatever it is. Yeah. So that's what I, I want to hmm. be. I, I want to start a new sincerity movement. Okay, we can do this. Uh, what, let's drop some sincerity on us. Um, I'm putting you on the spot here. Okay, I like sinc- confess to liking Spice Girls or something. I want to hear your deepest, darkest secrets right here on the air. Well, I think I mean this came up actually in our frenemy cast. Oh no! But I've had a long, cru- a long history of crushes on animated characters. Oh, that's sincere. Like it started, it started with the Sincerely princess disturbing. from Voltron. Oh, I was just so attracted to her, and then it moved on to Penny. Uh, for, uh, Inspector Penny Gadget from Inspector oh, Gadget. Oh yeah, everyone was hot for Penny. She had those blonde pigtails, right? and she right. was sm- she had a fucking like notebook computer built into a book before like I even mm. had a real computer. Yeah. Like when computers were the size, you know, like they weren't the size of room, but they were shitty TRS eighties. She had a mobile netbook, man, that was so fucking cool, and, yeah. and a wristwatch with a radar in it that she could use to talk to her dog. That was fucking cool, and she was radical. She and, was like, pretty cool. Um, like I've got, I don't know, man. I've got. What about Punky Brewster? Did Punky Brewster do anything for you? She wasn't animated. No, but she did a little for me. This is there's my non. When I got older and Soleil Fry grew older and she mm-hmm. had triple E breasts, <laughs> yes, she did a lot for me. <laughs> no, nah, she did more for me when I was like ten and she was like twelve or hmm, whatever. Interesting. Yeah, I can't remember having girl crushes that of real people that innocent, other than like first my hmm. first grade teacher. <laughs> My second grade yeah. Spanish teacher, I was really hot for. I can't remember her name now, hmm. but uh, well, yeah, there's, there's some, 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 <laughs> well, I'm being sincere. I can't. I sure. know. Yeah, I, if I was ironic, I could make some kind of you know witty thing up. But I'm sincere that I I loved her and I don't remember her. So uh, so there there's some sincerity <laughs> for you. I also love the princess from I, Gummy I Bears. Oh really? Yeah. Wasn't she kind of tubby? No. no, no, the human princess, not oh. the not the bear. Okay, yeah, there were some some girl bears who. Eh. Right. No, I never. Nah. I was never hot for the an, anthropom- shots, anthropomorphic animals like yeah. gadget. A lot of people are crazy about uh, gadget from the Rescue Rangers, Chippendales Rescue Rangers. What about the Thundercats? No, nah, wasn't a Pantera you, you girl. No, wasn't a Shira or whatever the hell. Yeah, Leparda. I don't know. <laughs> You have to ask Peter about that because he's all gay for Thundercats. I think is he really? Huh. I, I wasn't um, allowed to watch it. So me either. Which yeah, I don't know how he liked it so much. He snuck it. I bet. Ah, yeah. Have to get on. Get him on here for some sincerity. So there's some sincerity. Is that enough sincerity for you? I'll have a cr- another crazy idea next week. Sure. Okay. Um, the other thing I want to talk about to kind of close the show is the idea of Kickstarter as an independent publisher. Oh yeah. 
Um, I've been following, like, you know, because you've been all about Kickstarter for a while, because you're much more interested in, like, startups and stuff than I am at this point. Sure. At least sure. you're, you're, you like, follow it like I follow sports. Like, yeah. You know, I, you, I follow it pretty closely. Yeah. Um, so, like, it was big news to me when, um, the guy that's hitched his wagon up the, the Penny Arcade guys, his name's Scott Kurtz, he's PvP online. Uh, Georgie Martin. Yes. Um, <laughs> he actually, he actually kickstarted a television series, an Whoa. online, not a television, but like a web series, video How many, series. Uh, bucks did that cost? He raised fifty thousand dollars in less than a week. Oh man, that's about what I make. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we could quit our jobs, just like pimp this. Okay, listeners, you want the next episode? We need five dollars by next Thursday. Five dollars. Five dollars will buy us enough malt liquor to get us through the episode. <laughs> Might as well work at McDonald's. Good lord. Um, but it's free money. We didn't work for it. See, five dollars. We are. We're spending an hour of our time casting That's these true. fools. That's true. Eat I don't it know up, if you should fools. listen to our listeners. You should talk to our, our listeners that way, Jim. <laughs> I have a disagreement. I have a management. I have a management style disagreement with you. <laughs> I'm sorry. The difference is in management style. Um. So anyway. What really caught my mind, because I've been following comics a lot more recently, because I got my boy in the comics and one of our co-hosts or uh, of our sister cast here with the Amazing Pulp shows got me back in. I saw this article that I think Madbrew actually linked to me on Facebook about Kickstarter is the third largest publisher of graphic novels for the month of May. Wow. It breaks down that basically they did research. This was from publishersweekly.com, and I'll link to it in our show notes, as always. Dark Horse published and funded 15 books in May. IDW published and, and funded, rather, 15 books. Kickstarter was responsible for 10 graphic novels huh. published. Image, which is a big name, is six. Boom, which is a big name, is five. Dynamite is five. It's the third largest publisher. It wow. has um, provided over $400,000 of the funding just for comic book projects Whoa. in the first five months of 2011. Uh, where do I sign? <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, that's kind of amazing. So, yeah, like, it is. this kind of this kind of ties into what Ian was talking about last week. That I was talking about, like, you know, we're going to need some patronage system to get stuff yeah, done. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And he was like, "Well, Kickstarter," and I was kind of like, kind of dismissive about it. But it's this is Lord of the Rings. Yep. Actual artists getting their stuff published, um, uh, marketed, advertised, mm-hmm. and the benefit from the user is they get. A free copy of the book when it's published. Yeah. If they if they donate yeah. to a certain level, sure, like you sure. kick in at least ten bucks, you will get a copy of the graphic novel well, published. Well, yeah, the way Kickstarter works is basically you set up tiers where people can donate, like right. um, like the charities what you would call into. Get, yeah, right. um, and so you can give away like a copy of the work that when it's finished, you can give away shirts, you can give away like special status on forums, whatever. To different people, um, and they they finance comic books and movies and uh, music and games and all sorts of stuff through Kickstarter. Right, it's a really really cool service. Um, I'm wondering how many comic books are like put up onto Kickstarter that don't get funded. Like ten get funded, how many don't make their their threshold. I don't know. know. They'd have stats on that. And I think that because some of these guys were like re- like I've recognized them, like David Rodriguez. Um, uh, well, it's pretty much a given. Like, if, if you have a big name, Robert this is... Kirkman sticks up a Kickstarter thing and is like, "Oh, I'm going to make the next issue of Walking Dead." Well, right. of course he's going to get a hundred right. million. But like, isn't that a game changer? 
You're, it is, you're cutting definitely. out the middleman, and somehow I altered the volume, the octave of my voice by doing that? What the hell? That's a game changer. Yeah, it is. <laughs> uh, I would be interested to see the actual stats on this, like how many get funded versus don't get funded. Who is getting funded? Because if it's just established artists getting funded, I'd have a much harder time believing that this is a legitimate option for anyone who's not a known entity, right. who's, who's not a real name in the field already. It's interesting because in this very article, like the first three comments were authors who have used this basically very quickly distancing them from the art themselves from articles saying, oh, but I still need Dark Horse to actually print and publish and distribute uh, and all this stuff. So yeah. it, there must be more to the story because hmm. they're not like really flying middle fingers to the labels yeah. saying grip my balls. You know what I'm saying? They're, they're actually yeah. – Well, but, I think it comes down to uh, – an individual can only do so much. An individual may be able to get it printed up. An individual may be able to do the whole project themselves. But do they have the distribution chains? Yeah. Do they understand they're the not market well enough? They're they can't funding. get it into stores. Yeah. They're they just can't, creating they're not an editor. the media. They're not a cover mm-hmm. artist. They're not a printer. They're not. Yeah. You're right. They don't and have they a channel. And they need the traditional outlets or or maybe some website or something that will do that for them. That has the, the other abilities that they lack. But I would think that for... And that's the other thing. You kind of need some kind of word of mouth or some kind of social mm-hmm. base to make Kickstarter work. Because you and I couldn't go on Kickstarter and be like, "We got this great for game for a, or uh, idea for a game." Yeah, we want you all to kick in ten bucks. We need ten thousand dollars to make it happen. Now, if you can get it to go viral and you can, sure, yeah, well, I'm just saying well, in general, yeah, yeah, right. Like mm-hmm. if we could get Blue Honor to go viral, we could and get twenty thousand listeners. We could start making money off, uh, you know, AdWords, sure, Google yeah. AdWords. So. Um, but I, I I love the idea of Kickstarter because it allows independent artists to get things done when maybe they can't get a label to sponsor them or whatever. Right. Um, but I also think it takes – to really complete the project and really go to the next level, it takes those publishers, it takes those labels or whatever to, to push them into – uh, like the kind of the media spotlight mm-hmm. because I feel like Kickstarter is outside of that. Um, it's it's got an internet spotlight. If you have a unique enough project or something, basically if you put unicorns in your game, people are going to go all gay for it and start giving you money. But I feel like you still need the publishers. You still need those media outlets to get your stuff out there to the mass public. Right. To actually buy it once you've completed it on the Kickstarter funds. Right. So. Is that all you have to say about Kickstarter? That's it. Uh, the fact that it's the third largest comic book publisher for May, I that's think it's it? pretty damn big. <laughs> okay. uh, I'm ready to initiate the feedback sequence. I am not. I actually want to wait about 30 seconds of silence, uh, some dead air here. Okay. No, actually, I wanted to mention Tim Minchin. Tim Minchin? Tim Minchin. M-I-N-C-H-I-N. I might be the last guy to ever hear about him. I don't know. Maybe he's like huge. I don't like know huge. him. Okay, I so I him. might be the second to last guy to ever hear about him. You're not Y the last man. You're like X the last man. Yeah. X, Y, Z. That works. Huh? <laughs> uh, but this guy's hilarious. I just we... passed a field sobriety test, I think. I said the alphabet backwards. <laughs> uh, while while I'm looking this up, or while I'm talking about this, look this guy up and look up. Okay. Um, What's his name? Tim Minchin? Tim, M-I-N-C-H-I-N. Like whoa, Min, whoa, whoa, what? Min Chin. Like, like okay, Min Chin. yeah, all right. Min Chin. M-I-N Chin. Okay. Uh, He's a comedian, actor, composer, and songwriter. Yeah, and go to YouTube and find... He looks o- fucking crazy. He does look crazy, and that's part of his shtick. I'll, I'll talk about him in a second. Go to YouTube, find If You Open Your Mind Too Much, Your Brain Will Fall Out. 
Okay. Because um, I want to play this on the air. But basically, he's this guy who looks crazy. His hair is like almost Rastafarian dread type hair. Um, just he picture Robert Plant of The Cure. Okay. Uh, people probably know who yes, he is. Yes, this is that's but, an accurate description. I'm yes, looking at the man. Heavy eye makeup, but he's dressed in like a suit okay. and tie. Okay. Um, and he goes out barefoot on the stage, and he just sits behind a grand piano, and he sings comedy songs. Is this gonna be funny? It's gonna be funny. Okay. Trust me. Uh, I'm going blind here. I'm nervous, listeners. Yeah, and this I, cast is about to come off the rails. I think this guy's hilarious. Um, I saw him perform something on Conan one time that my brother showed me. Hilarious. Um. And I think this song is really both funny and completely true. Okay. So I, I just want to leave the listeners with this. Do we? Oh, we're going to play the full thing? Oh, yeah. It's only like two minutes. Okay. This religious friend of mine, uh, arguments often end with him telling me that I'm not very open-minded. Um, but because he's my friend and I respect him, I've written him a song. <laughs> it's called, If You Open Your Mind Too Much, Your Brain Will Fall Out. <laughs> Which I think is brilliant. That is so, so clever. Um, unfortunately, I didn't come up with it myself. I, I read that in a book. Uh, so to avoid copyright issues, I've given it a subtitle, uh, which is, Take My Wife! It's <laughs> crazy. If anyone can show me one example in the history of the world... Of a single psychic who's been able to prove under reasonable experimental conditions that they are able to read minds. And if anyone can show me one example in the history of the world of a single astrologer who's been able to prove under reasonable experimental conditions that they can predict future human events by interpreting celestial signs. If anyone can show me one example in the history of the world of a single homeopathic practitioner who's been able to prove under reasonable experimental conditions that solutions made up of infinitely tiny particles of good stuff dissolved repeatedly into relatively huge quantities of water have a consistently higher medicinal value than a similarly administered placebo. And if anyone can show me one example in the history of the world of a single spiritual person who's been able to show either empirically or logically the existence of a higher power with any consciousness or interest in the human race or ability to punish or reward humans for their moral choices or that there is any reason other than fear to believe in any version of an afterlife. <laughs> I will give you my piano. One of my legs. Okay, so, that that wasn't terrible. Yeah. I was I was I was nervous there for a minute. Oh, thank you, thank you very much for the applause. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, that wasn't terrible. So maybe a little controversial, but pretty funny in my opinion. Well, I think there's something you should believe in there. Honestly, if you believe in homeopathic remedies, mm. don't know if I want you as a listener. <laughs> Go away. Sorry, your mind's opened a little too much. Yeah, your brain. Study up on it anyway. If you still really believe that one part in ten million. Of anything can do yeah. anything. Yeah, you know, there's more tiger piss in oceans than that. <laughs> tiger piss. Exactly. That's true. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, right. they piss in the rivers. It goes to the ocean. Yeah, 
By yeah. definition, there's more. Yeah. So, um, anyway, uh, should we do a feedback segment? Sure. Bring I got it. some. I got a Stoffa's corner, and I've got. Uh, I've actually. Oh, do we have an accent this week? I we do. It's a German mad scientist. So brace yourself. Oh boy, you got to do that. I, I'm doing yeah. it. Yeah. Yep. I'm um, going to do it. The other yes. thing is, uh, we got a lot of feedback. It's episode 69, which the Truffle Shuffle, which I declared is the worst episode of all time, mm-hmm. got um, a little bit of love, but. Oh really? Um, yeah, Mad Bruce said uh, he actually recommended a funny Twitter feed. I recommended the uh, humble brag, which didn't go over too well. But he recommended at Goddamn Batman, and I will <laughs> I will sign on that it's pretty funny. I, I saw you posted one today. It was pretty funny. It's pretty funny. Um, but uh, and uh, but but Peter pointed out that we just had too many tonal shifts. We talk about yeah right to commit suicide and some. Poor, you know, uh, Alan Turing getting getting committing Murdered suicide because he by himself was gay and 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 uh, con- super conservative old yield Britain. Uh, we 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 just can't do that. We we the, that's not our yeah, cast. And our it, cast isn't something that tackles delicate social right, topics. Or at we're least fools. not that way. We're we're, we're, we're morons. We're, yeah. What were we thinking? We're morons. No, that's I mean we're, we're jesters. We're we're entertainment. We're that's selling. Uh, jesters that got art to it. We just <laughs> get liquored up and we come on this cast and we speak shoot. Our minds. So and speaking we'll of never speaking do, our minds, I uh, realized during this last cast because this is also something Peter brought up and that I had been thinking about um, after we recorded the last cast. I stated my opinion on assisted, or not assisted suicide particularly, but just on ending your own life um, and having the right to do that. Uh-huh. I said I'm all for that. Uh-huh. And then the next sentence, I turn around and I, I make some sarcastic remark about how it's horrible that Jack Vorkian's dead. Uh-huh. Whatever. Um, those were very miscongruent expressions. You there. should have been sincere, Jim. I, <laughs> I should have been the new hipster. That's the next hot thing, sincerity. You're right. No, I. I had realized you. that I was conditioned to just hear the name Jack Kevorkian and instantly react. Right. Like, view that as a negative thing. Pavlonian. And I've since rethought it. I, I, I can now understand my process, you know? Like, I've been conditioned to do that. I'm trying not to do that now. This is like, fascinating. I'm, tr- I'm trying to Take fix something within my own brain. <laughs> <laughs> well, my pants are already off, then I'd just be nude. Okay, well... That's not a bad thing. <laughs> Casting in the nude. Um, okay. Well, that's so, enough yeah, na- navel-gazing. We will yeah. promise never to be serious and sober yeah. for a podcast again. It's not our what niche. What were they thinking? No, I don't know. We're morons. That's what we were thinking. Yeah. Um, so let's squeeze in this uh, um, Staffa's corner. He's taking his corners back. Nobody ran up on him. Is this so the mind control one? Yes, it is. Oh, boy. Can you do this? Because I can't do a journey. I'm, I am half German. But I'm not a mad scientist. I'm not even that angry, oh, really. I'm pretty know happy. I can do a mad scientist. Mad scientist German. You can do German. I've heard you do German. Das ist German. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds pretty but, good. That's but, pretty good. But I don't know Make if I can. angrier. The, das ist German. I, I like it. Let's go with angrier? it. Angrier? blue. Nope. Can't do it. No, come on. <laughs> keep going. Push through. Uh, I don't, I don't know how they say they're ours. Uh, How do they say they're they ours? They just say ours regular. There's no German inflection. I won't read the Dear Blue Yonder. How about we just skip that part? Okay. <laughs> All right. So many villains have a power, ability, or a device to control the mind heroes. 
It's a poor storytelling mechanic. This is so bad. <laughs> to get the heroes like Batman and Uberman to fight each other. There's this... Wait, what? Time out. There's a hero called Uberman? I've never heard of that He hero. must be a German. He's, that sounds he's very a German dis- mad scientist. You can hear the umulat in that name. And what is this? If these villains are able to mind control these uber-human champions so easily, why not mind control everyone? Wouldn't it be easier to just take control of the civilians as well as the heroes and rule them that way? Mind control is science! <laughs> wow, that was scary. Um, The Don Stopper. Well, I actually just gotta say, that's, I've never thought of that. That's a good point. Well, I don't know what I just read. <laughs> if Okay, so he's saying that like if you can take control of Batman or Superman... Mind control them, yeah. Who have notoriously tough willpower and are superhuman. Mm-hmm. Does Superman be... have superhuman willpower? Uh, it stands to reason he is Superman. Mm, I don't know. He's. I know he's got like some kind of magical resistance. I don't know. We'll have to ask the tap. We'll have to mask, uh, ask our the amazing Pulp Show brothers yeah, this yeah. question. Um, but I got to say, that's a solid point. Like Instead of spending all the effort to control Superman or Batman, why wouldn't you just control everyone else? And, like, you know, use them as a hostage. Like, you've got to leave the planet, Superman, or I'm going to make all these people, like, lemmings, run into the sea and drown themselves. And you can't stop them all. Well, maybe you can only control one at a time. Oh, so you might as well control the most powerful? Sure. Well, there you go, Stafa. Jesus. Yeah, what a come dumbass. on. Come on. What are you thinking? Yes. <laughs> it's a science. you got to think scientifically. <laughs> it yeah. does a science. I should have oh, I should have just done well that's German. I should have just done that's it. That's not German. Wait, I thought Austria, Austria is not German. I thought Austria was a state of Germany. It might be out of that. Like we're not Americans because yeah, we we're live in so, Indiana. We're so knowledgeable. Oh god. Ignorant Americans. Uh this cast is at over the hour mark. Yep, it's done. It's um, gone. If you like to give us cuz uh I think this it's is expired. a decent cast. Do not consume this it's, cast. It's, it is expired. It's, it's definitely better than 69. And that's the that's the that's the biggest pisser about 69. I we know. did not make any 69 jokes. Let's make them now. Well, we got to wait 100 more episodes before we get another oh, crack at that man, bat. Man, you're right. Either that or Breaking Bad's got to stay on for 69 more episodes. <laughs> wait, What's I got 100 episodes of my little finger. Really? No problem. Okay. We'll be doing this until we're 100 years old and All robot right. bodies. When we're 69 years old. Yeah. Oh, we, can we you got imagine that? the jokes? Oh, yeah. Episodes like 14,869. Prune, <laughs> Prune juice is the title. Oh, yeah. We regularity let's just record it now <laughs> uh if you would like to give us some feedback uh you can do that at blue yonder at baldmove.com or your mom's house i'm always there yeah he's <laughs> always available so i'm gonna have to wait a few minutes knock on the bedroom door we'll be out in a few uh <laughs> at bald move uh, on twitter facebook.com slash bald move or our favorite place forums.baldmove.com uh, you can keep a track of all the Blue Yonder nonsense at blueyonder.baldmove.com. And that's about all the social media crap. That's uh, all we got. Yeah. This cast is over. See you next Friday. Yeah. I'm cutting it off like a a spoiled child. I'm waiting child. for you to do it. <laughs> I can't proceed with the, the, the shutdown initiation until <laughs> you do it. And with that said, until next time, I'm Jim Jones. And I'm Aaron Hubbard. Ciao.